Well, about two weeks ago, I had asked you to begin praying how to fast and also how long. Asking the Lord, what does he want you to do? Uh, some of you will be able to do this. Some of you maybe are not there yet. And I'm hoping that this message will help you to be able to understand what fasting is all about. Psalms 91.1 says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will remain secure and rest in the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no enemy can withstand. And then Matthew 5.6 says, Blessed, that means joyful, nourished by God's goodness. Do you realize that's what blessed is? We are joyful. We are nourished by God's goodness. I love that are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who actively seek right standing with God, for they will completely be satisfied. Jeremiah 29, 11, we all pretty much know this scripture, for I know the plans and the thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster, but to give you a future and a hope. Now think about this. Do you believe God's word is the authority for your life? Most of us don't like thinking about fasting. I remember the first time God was tugging at my heart to do a corporate fast with our ministry team, and I received all different comments that led to, do we have to do this? <laughs> I don't know if I can do this. Why do I have to do this? Those are the questions that we ask. Now, why? Why do we have to do this? Well, let me be very clear about that, about this. Fasting is not about trying to manipulate God into doing what you want, but to draw closer to him. That's what fasting is all about. It's to draw closer to him. So what is the meaning of fasting? First of all, fasting is denying your physical need in order to meet your spiritual needs. So let's find out what fast means in the Hebrew and the Greek. The Greek word is neshtia, which is afflicting one's soul and body. It makes a difference in our soul, our mind, body, and emotions. Oh my goodness. It makes a big difference. The Hebrew word is sun, which is the practice of self-denial. Now, our flesh doesn't like denying anything. Our flesh wants everything. Our flesh is like a little two-year-old saying, ah, gimme, gimme, gimme. <laughs> I don't want to do this. Why do I have to do this? Like little two-year-olds. But we grow in the Lord. The more that we focus on him and obey instead of just doing our thing all the time. So why do we fast? Now you're not going to move God by fasting, but fasting moves you. I'm going to repeat that. You won't move God by fasting, but fasting will move you closer to him. God's desire is for us to be strong in our spirit. That's what he's looking for. He wants to see us strong in our spirit. And when you get stronger and stronger in your spirit, that's crucifying the flesh. So the flesh starts to die more and more as the spirit gets stronger and stronger. 
Psalms 42, 1-2 says, As the deer pants and longs for the water brooks. We prayed that, played that this morning in our soaking. So I pant and I long for you, O oh God. The question is, do you pant? Do you long for him? My inner self thirsts for God. You see, God created us with a void inside of us that only can be filled with him. My inner self thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and behold the face of God? Do you have more desire every day to serve him? Every day to just sit in his presence? It's not about always doing, it's about sitting. It's about getting in the position of just sitting there and loving him and feeling his love for us. Matthew 6.16 says, And whenever you are fasting, do not look gloomy (laughs) and sour and dreary like the hypocrites, for they put on a dismal countenance that their fasting may be apparent to and seen by men. So we're not supposed to go, Oh dear, I got a fast. (laughs) You know, and put on a sour attitude and say, I can't get that. Oh, sorry, not today. I got a fast. I'm in a fast. Are you longing and thirsting for more of God? This is going to take you closer to him. It will move you closer to him. And notice the scripture says, whenever you are fasting. That tells me that we are to fast. Whenever you are fasting, not if you fast. It says, whenever you are fasting. Fasting is not a pity party for others to see. Fasting is not about being religious or a religious activity. Zechariah 7 says, In the fourth year of King Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah on the fourth day of the ninth month, the month of Kislev. The people of Bethel had sent Sherezar and Regamelech together with their men to entreat the Lord. By asking the priests of the house of the Lord Almighty and the prophets, well, should I mourn and fast in the fifth month as I have done for so many years? Shall I mourn and fast in the fifth month? And this is what the Lord said through Zechariah. Ask all the people of the land and the priests. When you fasted and mourned in the fifth and the seventh months for the past 70 years, Was it really for me that you fasted? And when you were eating and drinking, were you not just feasting for yourselves? Are these not the words the Lord proclaimed through the earlier prophets when Jerusalem and its surrounding towns were at rest and prosperous and the Negev and the western foothills were settled? So who were they making it all about? They were making it all about themselves. And God saw straight through their heart. You see, he sees our hearts. He knows our motives. He knows why we do things that we do and why we don't do things. He knows all about it. So can you imagine God coming to you and saying, why are you fasting? Are you fasting for me or are you fasting for you? Hmm. Some people love to fast because they lose some weight. (laughs) 
But you see, God wants you to lose weight, but he wants you to lose spiritual weight. He wants you to lose that, or, yeah, not physical, <laughs> not physical weight, but he wants you to lose your body weight. He wants you to lose your fleshly, your fleshly weight of unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment and anger and jealousies. That's what he's after to, to have you do. And so the word of the Lord came to Zechariah. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. This is what God is interested in. He's interested that we show mercy to each other. He shows us mercy every day. We don't even realize how much mercy is on us. And he shows us mercy every day, and he wants us to show each other mercy. He wants us to be compassionate to each other. And it says, do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the foreigner or the poor. Do not plot against each other. God is calling us to have unity, to be in with each other, to love one another. That's what he's calling us to do. So why did God give these instructions? And I believe it was because he didn't want them to suffer. See, we suffer the consequences when we don't obey what the word says. We have those consequences. I've watched people that have gone through horrific stuff over and over and over again. And they just seem to not learn. They keep doing the same thing over and over again and go through the same consequences. And it's hard. It's hard to watch that. And I, I can't imagine God looking at his children and seeing them suffer the way they are. Sometimes it's our own suffering, sometimes that we've caused it, and sometimes it's other people that's in our life that has caused it. Did they care what God thought? No, they only wanted God to do what they wanted, and there are many people that don't really care about what God thinks. Well, I accepted Jesus into my heart, this is it, but they haven't taken the second step. That second step is difficult making God the Lord of your life. When you're making God the Lord of your life, you are saying, God, my life matters to you. I am all about what you want for my life, not about all what I want in my life. And you are willing to give up your expectations because you have expectations on him. It's all about him. You see, God had given them a pleasant land, but they chose not to follow him, and therefore they suffered over and over again. God said when they called, when I called, they did not listen. And so therefore, when they call, I won't listen. I remember one day in my quiet time, I heard the Lord say, my people care what others think, but they don't care what I think. See, we are so much people-oriented that we care more about what people say. You know, when God gives us an assignment, it doesn't always look like a peach. <laughs> it doesn't always look like it's roses. And we can be very well-meaning and say something to that person and say, you know what, that, that doesn't look right. You know, I, I just, you don't want to get into that. But you know in your heart, of hard, your heart, you know for sure that God is calling you into it. 
And you have to hold on to that. And the enemy is always going to try to bring people in to tell you something different. You see, when you get into a fast, you get closer and closer to the Lord. Maybe you have so many questions. Oh, believe me, I have a whole stack of them. (laughs) Things that I hear in my mind that I can't seem to get through some of that stuff. And that's what's going into this time of fasting with me. Because I know that God has a plan and he has a purpose. And so let's look at why we fast. First and foremost, we fast to have more intimacy with our Father. Now, when we want to get close to somebody here in the church, aren't we going to spend time with them to get closer to them? That's the way God is. He wants us to get close to him. He wants us to get more intimate with him. And then we fast to hear from the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice, and they will not follow the voice of a stranger. We need to hear from the Holy Spirit, not about our thoughts or from others or the enemies. And we need to be able to decipher what is from God and what is not because the enemy comes in and he looks like, well, yeah, that's a good thing. You know, he comes in as an angel of light. And so we've got to know to be able, you know, the closest Christian to God can be deceived. We've constantly got to be spending time with the Lord. And Jeremiah 33 says, call to me and I will answer you. So that's a promise that we can hold on to. When we call on him, he will answer us. And he will tell, and it says, and tell you and even show you great and mighty things which have been confined and hidden. There are things that are hidden. And when we call on to him, he will bring that revelation. We don't know and understand and cannot distinguish, but he does and he will. And I remember my first fast. I knew Holy Spirit had told me that I needed to fast all sweets, no sweets. That was difficult for me because I wanted some. And I went and I thought, eh, I didn't hear that right. (laughs) Isn't that what you do when you don't want to do it? It's like, eh, God didn't say that. He wouldn't take all those sweets away from me. (laughs) You know, I, I can't do that. So I decided to cheat. So I decided to take a piece and it burned my finger. Now that sounds crazy because it didn't come out of the oven. It was in a pack, but it burned my finger. And it taught me something really strong, not just on fasting, but obedience. (laughs) When God wants you to do something, do it. Because he will be there. My presence will go with you wherever you go. And I will give you rest. That's what the word says. My presence is with you. His presence is with us. Wherever he calls us into, his presence is with us. And so, do you want to hear more clearly from the Holy Spirit? 
we need to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit clearly and allow him to speak through us in love for others. Not judge them, not criticize them, not put them down, but to love them right where they're at. That doesn't mean we agree with everything, but we are to love. And sometimes God will give us words. And I always say, Lord, I'm not talking if you're not talking. Do I want to talk and say things that are going to hurt people? That are not going to make a difference in people's lives? No, I don't want to do that. I want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And the more time that I spend with him, the more sensitive I am to his spirit. And then the question is, do you need wisdom? Do you need direction and guidance in some situation? Maybe you have a situation that's going on right now. And you don't know what the answer is. You don't know which way, which road to take. God will show you. Spend time with him. Sometimes things don't happen. They don't change until you go into prayer and fasting. Some situations are so difficult to know what to do that prayer and fasting are needed. Because we need that wisdom, we need that direction, we need that guidance. You have no idea what God is preparing us for. And, you know, you say, oh, yeah, but um, uh, this is how old I am. (laughs) No, he's not looking at that. What he's looking at is uh, someone that's going to serve him and be obedient to him. That when he calls, like Elijah called Elisha, He came right away. He dropped the plow and he came. That's what God wants from us. He wants us to drop everything that no longer is going to go with us and move forward in where he wants us to be. There are many situations in the Bible where they fasted and they prayed. Paul and Barnabas prayed and fasted for the elders of the churches before committing them to the Lord for his service. And it says in Acts 14, 23, when they had appointed elders for them in every church, having prayed with fasting, they entrusted them to the Lord in which they believed and joyfully accepted them. Joyfully accepted them. Because they knew Because they had prayed and fasted and they knew without a shadow of a doubt that they were all called. They had no doubt. The next one is, are you or any one of your your loved ones struggling with addictions? I have some in my family. Do you have any lost loved ones that have never received Jesus? How many lost people are out there right now? that never have received Jesus. Maybe you're working with them. Maybe they're in your family. Pray for them. Fast for them. The Bible says that he can take a king's heart and direct it like a water course to him, Proverbs 21.1. I love to pray that for salvation. Thank you, Father, that you are taking so-and-so's heart and you're directing it like a water course to you. He's taking his heart. Because you know that's a miracle. Salvation is a miracle. Because Jesus gets in there and he just directs that heart like a water course to him. And then, you know, grieving and fasting for your loved one's addictions, salvation, and so forth. 
Nehemiah mourned, fasted, and prayed when he found out the Jerusalem walls were broken down. But he didn't just stay there. He fasted and prayed before he started to begin to build the wall. That's what he did. Jesus, before he went into the ministry, he was taken out in the wilderness, and it says, by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit led him to the wilderness for 40 days and nights. But he was led there. Jesus is an example. He came to save us, but he is also our example that we can follow. And then what about the little boy who was being thrown into the fire and constantly was just falling down over and over again? And the disciples tried to pray, and they couldn't, they couldn't um, have that demon delivered. And Jesus said they only come out by prayer and fasting. Maybe there's some demons that you have been dealing with, and it's just not changing. You haven't been able to get through it. You haven't been able to have a breakthrough. Maybe there is sickness and uh, certain things going on in your family, maybe generational things that have gone on, and it's not been broken. Prayer and fasting will break that. And then are you having financial problems? God may say he has another job for you and wants you to watch for his open door. Sometimes, you know, we've been in a job for maybe 20 years and God is saying, you know what? I got another job for you. God is always so far ahead of us, and he has something ahead for us all the time, no matter what our age is. And so many of us, I hear them, I'm too old for this. I can't do this. Well, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How about you? I'm not going to sit here and say, well, I'm too old to do this. You know, I'm going to say, you know what, God, if that's what you're calling me to, then I'm going to follow you, and I can do all things through Christ because you give me the strength because when I am weak, you are strong. And no wisdom, no plan, and no insight can succeed against you. Therefore, no weapon formed against me can prosper. See, you get that word into your heart. It becomes a part of you, and you can stand up. You got your sword of the spirit and you can stand up against the enemy and you can say, no, I'm not listening to you. I'm a child of God. God calls me the apple of his eye. I am his workmanship created to do good works for you, for you, God. Not for the devil. Like my mother says, I'm not your, I'm not your child. <laughs> Satan, I'm not your child. I'm God's child. And then are you having problems with discouragement that has led to depression? Many, many, many Christians are out there with their heads down and in depressed states. Problems with the spirit of heaviness. That's a spirit of heaviness and discouragement. Because you focused on what the enemy is saying. And you know what? We all hear from him. We all have got this negative thoughts. It's all coming in there because he loves to start fires inside of us. Especially when we're on fire for God. He wants to get in there and he wants to cause trouble. 
No matter what is going on, you get on that mountaintop, all of a sudden he's got his arrow and he's going to shoot his poisonous arrow at you to try to pull you down. And you have to say, no, I am not going to do that. I make the choice to follow God. And then the next thing, are you carrying unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, anger? Perhaps there's been a spirit of anger that has attacked you from generation to generation. And maybe this fasting is what's going to take it out. Choose it. God's heart is open to listen to your heart's desires, to experience freedom in this year, 2020. Let go of all that, you know, in the very beginning. Launch out. Launch out of that bowl of negativity and come in to his presence. Move forward with him. It's time to let all the pain go. You say, uh, there's times that I have sadness. I can feel it. You know, I, I can pick up different people's burdens. And even my own. You know, but I have to sit and I have to say, Lord, here it is. I choose not to carry this because I, you didn't call me to carry the weight of the world on my shoulders. You called me to give it over to you. And when we focus on all these problems, we are seeing our problems bigger than our big God. How big do you have your problems? And how big is he? I want to take a look at that. Our minds can be so cluttered. And we have to say, no, here, here, God, here it is. I sit down and I say, I give you this. I give you this. I give you this. Sometimes I got a long list. <laughs> and then other times it's not as long. And then other times I think I'm doing pretty good and I take some of those back that I handed over. And then I have to give it again. Fasting is a time of consecration to set ourselves apart from the worldly things and focus on godly things in our life. So take that time, whatever the Lord's laying on your heart for fasting. Maybe you're going to fast, um, you know, maybe you can't fast food, but maybe you can fast TV. Or maybe you can fast Facebook. <laughs> Telephone. Or maybe you can just stop. Mine is going to be after supper. And I'll tell you what, I have the most problem. I can go pretty much the day and not eat very much. And then by the time it's the evening and it's around 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> and I'm not ready to go to bed yet. So what am I going to do? I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. And that's what I've got to fast. And I know there's no way I'm going to be able to do this unless the Lord intervenes and helps me. I know that's what has to happen. And that's what has to happen with all of us because it's denying your flesh to pick up and spend time with the Lord. And I have some different, um, I have some scripture verses that I'm gonna hand out that you can meditate on. And I'll go over that then. Psalms 27, 8 says, When you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, 
your face, Lord, I will seek. He's saying, seek my face. Are we saying, I will seek your face. My heart will seek your face. Fasting moves us into obedience that no matter what God decides, we trust him for his best, even if he doesn't answer the way that we want him to. We can be disappointed. We can feel like, God, where were you? You know, Mary and Martha were just very disappointed. You know, Jesus didn't move right away and, and go and heal Lazarus. But Jesus had another plan because he was listening to his father, to what his father's plan was. And there's so many things going on that we can't understand. But when we get close to God, everything else is dissipating more and more. If I sit in self-pity, I'm just going to sit there in self-pity. But if I leave that pity party and go to his praise party, <laughs> it makes the difference. When we come into church, we came to a praise party. We left that self-pity out there. Now, I encourage you not to pick it up when you go out there. I encourage you to stay with his praise party. Praise him. What do we have to be thankful for? Think and meditate on that. Because we have so much. And then sometimes we have a corporate fast. Maybe there's something with someone that they just cannot get free of it. Maybe a certain sickness, you know, an illness. And we come together and we corporately fast. I believe this is the heart of God for his church. Instead of fighting each other, we need to come together and seek God's heart for one another. That's why we dwell together. That's why we come in, and we come in in unity. We come in loving each other. We're all different. We all have different opinions. We have all differences. But we love each other right where we're at. And it's a time of strengthening our spirit that will override our fleshly desires. You want your spirit to be stronger like the Hulk? Remember how I said years ago, the Lord said to me, I want your spirit to be as strong as the Hulk. Now, he is pretty strong. No matter what was shot at him, he stood there. You see, our flesh goes down, but our spirit rises up and gets stronger. And fasting increases our humility and dependence on God. Because what do we do? We have a lot of pride. Every one of us, we all have pride. And God wants us to stay humble before him and get in that position of surrender. I surrender to you, Father. I surrender to you. When is the last time you told God, I need you? I need you, Father. My heart longs for you. When's the last time you've said that? Fasting is an act of worship. And Romans 12, 1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. That's the position. The position 
Fasting gets you ready for God's answer, not your own. Now, do you remember the story of David? Getting ready to have a, a baby, the baby's born. He's already done so much in his past. Now, now here's the baby. And yet the baby's very ill, the little boy. And what happens? David fasts. He prays. He doesn't eat. He continually just stays before the Lord. And what happens is he doesn't. He doesn't live. And so he gets up from that fast. The baby has died. The, the little boy has died. And he gets up from that fast. And he says, okay. He accepted what God's answer was. Fasting doesn't mean that we're going to get our answer. It means that we will get his answer. But we are closer to him to be able to receive his answer. Because when you're not walking with him and you're not close to him, it's hard to receive an answer that you don't want. But when you're walking with him and you're talking with him and you're hearing from him, it makes the biggest difference in our life. Because now we can accept his answer, even when it's difficult. Jeremiah 32, 27 says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too difficult for me? No, there is nothing. We know there is nothing. All the sicknesses and diseases, there's nothing too difficult for him. He can heal just like that. Just like that. We've got to get close. Close to him. Matthew 19, 26, but Jesus looked at them and said, with people, as far as it depends on them, it is impossible. It is impossible with us. But with God, all things are possible. So, whatever the Lord has laid on your heart, whether, like I said, fasting TV, fasting food, fasting a meal, whatever it is, I did not feel to have a certain kind of fast. I want you to be able to hear from the Holy Spirit. We have got to learn how to hear his voice. It is crucial because when you hear his voice, there's nothing like it. You won't want to... You won't have this strong desire that you've got to hear from other people. You have this strong desire that you're going to hear from him. Now, God will confirm his word, and sometimes he'll confirm it through other people. But you've got to hear from him. Even when a prophet comes up and gives you a word, a lot of times it'll confirm what God's already put in your heart. We need that confirmation. But we need to hear directly from him. We are his kids, his children. And there are some prayers that I believe that we can pray during this week. And I believe we need to pray for God to bless our nation 
and help America. I believe that we should be praying that all the time. And we need to pray for President Trump and all the leadership. Our families, the problems in our families, illnesses, and for God to save them and fill them with the power of the Holy Spirit. That they're walking with the Spirit. They're talking with the Spirit. They're hearing from the Spirit. And then we need to pray for our church family. Pray for these illnesses and, and this new package and for God to bring more families in. And give us wisdom and direction and guidance. And please pray for Fred and me. All the leaders of the church. You know, pray for us. We need your prayers. And then we want to pray for our community and those that have been wounded in the church. There's people out there that will come to church because they've been wounded in the church. And other situations through their life. They've had these wounds and they're carrying around these wounds and they're just staying home. They don't want to get around anybody. And pray for the pastors in this community. Each one of them have situations to deal with. Because when you got people, you got situations to deal with. And then pray, how do we as the Upper Room Church reach out into this community? So I'd really like you to be praying this during this time of fasting. And the question is, are you ready to surrender all of your life to him and get to know more of his heart for you? That's the question. That's what this is all about. Are you ready to surrender all of your life? Not just a little bit. God knows your heart. He sees your heart. It's like a house that has all this rooms in the heart. Some of it carries some dust. And it's got to be cleaned out. God wants to clean our hearts. He wants to free us and move us forward in this 2020. You don't fit your time with God around all your activities, but you fit your activities and day around your time with God. I always encourage if you can start out your day that's the best time to spend time with the Lord. And during fasting, if you're skipping a meal or whatever you're doing, take that time extra. Besides what you've already had, but take that time extra and spend time with him again. He loves to spend time with us. I don't think that we get that as strong as what, we don't see it as strong as what he sees that, how important it is. It's like your, your best friend. You long to be with your best friend. If you haven't seen your best friend for a while, it's like, oh, I gotta get together. I'm thinking about different people that I haven't been around for a while. And I have them on my heart and I'm like, I need to get there, I need to be with them. But day goes on, day by day by day, weeks, months. God doesn't want that to go on for us. He wants us to spend time with him. And that song that we played earlier, Jesus, be the center of my life. Is he the center? That's the question for you today. Is he the center 